Good afternoon. Welcome to episode 23 of Stick to Sports. I don't know. For for me, it's the 23rd episode. Oh, boy. Well, technically, it's the 24th because we did the half an episode that huh. one week. We are not counting that as a full episode. Okay. We didn't then, and we so are now. So 23 it is. Um, also, I just want to point out that maybe not everyone's listening to this in the afternoon when we are recording it. So, good night, good morning. It's a figure of speech. Mm, I see. For me, it's a figure of speech. All right, with this. You need to stop saying it. I believe me. After all the people started like making it was, fun of me on Twitter. It was relentless last week. Yeah, I know. I try not to say it, but... <laughs> Just don't say it when you draft. We all know that you're picking for yourself. <laughs> if you just figure out a way to cut that out, like <laughs> you can sprinkle it in. I say like too much. I realize that. Yeah, same. But sometimes, sometimes the situation calls for it, and it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. No one's asking you to never say for me. But before every single draft pick, which is what you did last week, okay, I think it gets a little excessive. This has been an episode of Stick to Scolding. <laughs> Stick to scolds. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm Sean Gentile from Sporting News. And, I, and for me, I'm Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. <laughs> uh, we're going to try to keep this one a little quicker than usual this week. I bet we're not going to succeed at that, but that's the yeah. goal. Yeah, um, I believe we can. I mean, we can. Will we is another matter entirely. I was expecting you to come out guns blazing and make fun of me for looking like a goon in, in wedding f- photography. You know what? I was going to let it slide. But now that you brought it up, what's the story there? I don't know, man. Something happened when I hit like – I was a very photogenic child and something happened when I was like – it wasn't even puberty. I was like eight and I forgot <laughs> I forgot how to smile in front of a camera. So I, I, I have nobody to blame. It's a completely psychological thing at this point, but yeah, it's uh, it's embarrassing. Apologies to all who were affected. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, I don't feel like I photograph particularly well either, due to my being an uggo. Uh, if you see if you see photos of me standing next to people, I look abnormal. Yes, like like posed posed photos of me, like whether it's weddings or in family pictures or whatever. I. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah, I understand. It's really, it's really, I, I've I've learned to have fun with it, but uh, someone else's wedding photos that they're paying thousands upon thousands of dollars. For, yeah, probably they, not. they have to like Photoshop you out. Well, right. Well, because like, and in, in it's in times like that, I'm I'm honestly trying not to look like a moron. But it's <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like don't think of a pink elephant. What's the first thing you think of? Baseball. Yep. No, it's like don't. Don't no, look like I a understand. jackass, and then yeah. you know, a couple weeks later, because the that, photos I mean, come out. that's kind of the thing with photos, where you know they were saying that about the Michelle Obama George W. Bush thing a couple of weeks ago, where she, if you look at the photo, it looks like she's like lovingly cradling him in her arms, mm-hmm. but if you look at the video, <laughs> it's, she like it's, it's it's less than that. It's almost cold, I would say, and. And so, like, I'm sure you look like see, a like, normal it, being it's, walking it's down true, the aisle. It's true that, like, it's true that, but she looks like herself in that photo. Like, like people see people see photographs of me, and they're like, "This doesn't even right." It's like not representative of me at all. Well, that's what I mean. Like, and also, again, I feel like I said it the other day, but I feel like that photographer really screwed you over hard because. Oh man, there's there's more. Like, like no, they that's were. What I mean, like they're. You know, when people are taking photos, they're not like or professional photographers. They're not snapping one out of. It really, it really is crazy to me that because like if, if, that if it's a moment where I, for the most part, if it's a moment where I know I'm being photographed, I'm cooked. Like I'm, I'm yeah, a big sure. But she also mixed in a couple, a couple candid shots. Like there's a photo of us in the church. This was a full Catholic wedding. I was in, I was you know in a tux in that church for you know, an hour. And of the photos that she sent to my friends, Adam and Darcy, like they, they, she doesn't send all of them. 
Like obviously no, that's not. That's what I mean. Like thousands of photos and she's send, going send through thousands of pictures, a couple, a couple hundred, and she chose to send them a photo of me gawking at the ceiling like a slack jawed <laughs> yokel in this church in Cleveland. Like like you like you're she's really not doing me any favor. She did that, not need to include that in there. That's what I'm saying. I feel like. Like I said, these people have a vendetta against you for some reason. Like you, <laughs> like you knocked over her bag of lenses or something like that, and she's like, "I know how I'm going to get this fucker back." <laughs> right? and she's I, wish just there like, was, I wish there was an explanation for it. Like, I don't even remember seeing them, but I feel like there's a good chance that yeah, like I just didn't know they were behind me, and I like didn't hold a door or something. Right, and now she's combing through like hundreds of pictures, and she's like, "Where's the one where this?" perfectly normal looking human being <laughs> looks like a complete mutant yeah, this why is... does his head look so big what's he doing <laughs> uh, yeah. boy. so i that's that continues to be just a blight on my life it's a it's a total i i do have fun with it but it's also like <laughs> i dread especially because i've been in a decent amount of weddings and like just stuff like that too yeah, it's not just me guy. sure it's Brad, not just me at, it. as a guest at this shit like i am i am actually ruining like bridal party photos <laughs> you're just squinting in every single photo yeah, ever exactly taken like i i i don't know it's it's my eyes i don't know what i do with my eyes in these photos uh but it's abnormal and it's unnatural and I need to figure out, out a way to stop doing it. Uh, but I don't know if I can. Well, what are you going to do? I have, I have a wedding uh, coming up in, in November that, you know, again, same because it's the same thing with me. Like there's a non-zero chance and these are, and this is like with internet people going to it. So <laughs> There's a really good chance that I'm going to look like a dumbass in a bunch of wedding photos by December. I, if I'm out, it's, it's there's a very short window of time that I'm that I'm gonna that I'm gonna be comfortable being photographed. If I'm like dead sober outside, as I was whenever I was taking these uh, taking the, taking uh, you know these group photos, I'm like that's not going to be good. And then like you know, if it's 10:45. In, there's been an open bar for three hours or whatever. Like no one's gonna look great, but that right. that goes in triplicate for me because you know I just seize up when I, whenever I see camera. So yeah, good luck, good luck to you. I'm sure you'll look great because thank you. And even if you don't look great, you will not look as bad as me. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, so. The the first thing we I wanted to talk about this week, uh, the Wall Street Journal had an article today that McDonald's is uh, is trying to rejuvenate its burger selling business. It, it isn't selling a lot of burgers these days, which I guess that makes sense. But hey, the, it's it's a we saw this last year. Like it, it's a similar kind of. Uh, set of stats and, and a similar kind of narrative where it's like people are eating less fast food, McDonald's profits are flat, and then they introduced all day breakfast and that seemed to have worked. So now it's like we're we're a year out of that or however long it's been, and yeah, the attention has turned to turned to hamburgers. Yeah, uh, burgers still account for roughly twenty percent of total sales uh, last year, so they're not doing terribly. But basically, McDonald's' thing is like Five Guys and other burger places like that are uh, are kind of cutting into their business because if people, their thinking is that if people want to eat burgers, they want like higher end burgers, and it's like I think they just don't want to eat McDonald's. Right, and and when, and furthermore, when I want to eat McDonald's, I go to McDonald's. Right, and if I want to go to Five Guys or what or Shake Shack or whatever, I'm gonna go there. Because it's a different, it's a wholly different experience, and it's just a different. It's like different food, honestly. Like if, yeah, if you 100%. eat a burger, if you eat a burger from Five Guys versus a Big Mac or whatever, it's they're only they're only similar in name, honestly. Yeah, and and it's interesting too because like a Big Mac is I'm looking at the thing here four twenty nine, and a double cheese like a double cheeseburger. Yes. Is four eighty five at right? I want to go spend five dollars or or three dollars. I got like if you go to if you go to 
Five Guys and get a burger and a drink and, a, and an order of fries, it's going to be ten bucks. And then like that's that's a fundamental difference between those two between those two restaurants. Right. Well, there's only like a, a fifty six cent difference between the two uh, in, in terms of a double cheeseburger versus a Big Mac. Um, but like you say, they at McDonald's, you know, fries are an extra dollar fifty, and it, and it comes with a and it effectively comes with a drink at that point. Whereas fries at you know five yeah, guys get, or whatever. Yeah, once you get fries like to drink at five guys, like you're like it's gonna end up. And and you know it's not. <clears throat> look, I, I I can afford to spend ten dollars on a burger. That's not really what it Whoa, is. It's like there is me. a psychological. There's a psychological thing where you're like, eh, whatever. I'll just go to McDonald's versus you know I'm gonna drop eleven twenty four whenever I go to eat it at at, uh, at at another place. Right. And then the other the other stat that, that really blew my mind is McDonald's says that only one in five people between the ages of eighteen and thirty four has ever had a Big Mac. I mean anecdotally that seems completely false to me, but I also don't know why they would lie about that. Right. I yeah, I mean obviously, you know, they're not they're not polling like millions of millennials on this or anything like that but i looked it up and there were like more than 75 million millennials so what they're saying is that like only 15 million of those have ever had a big mac and that yeah i can't imagine there are 60 million people roughly my age walking around like i don't i don't know what they're like i yeah i did people just go straight from are there a bunch of like 23 year olds out there who went straight from happy meals to you know, the dollar menu or something. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that could be it. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. You can get you a know, regular can... cheeseburger from McDonald's, and quite frankly, I don't even like a Big Mac. So. I, we've discussed this. I yeah. disagree with you, but understand. Yeah. It, so, I, like, I, I get that aspect of it, but that number seems insane. <laughs> it's still a lot of people, though. Like, like one in five... One in five is a lot. Yeah, That's but given McDonald's of, given, ubiquity, like McDonald's is everywhere. It's not. No, I twenty percent of all millennials, not just people who eat at McDonald's. I understand that, but I think I, I think I'm fine with this. Okay. I accept. I accept McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's findings, and I can t- and, and I can tell that you don't. You think you can pull? You're a, you'd be a better poll person than mm-hmm. than whoever. Uh, I'd be like is. Nate Silver, and I would right. say all the outcomes of one hundred percent, eighty percent, sixty percent are all <laughs> equally likely. So you'll always be right. That man, as long as, as, long as he said Donald that Trump, last night, I know. As long as Donald Trump doesn't win in a landslide, Nate Silver can say, you know. Back in October, I was correct about the outcome. That's incredible. It's I I still I like the five thirty eight map still, but like that's that sort of stuff. I he's really and there was a deadspin post about him. About how he's lost his mind. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. really know what what he's what he's going for at this point. Yeah, and I like I like the five thirty eight map too because it's like it's inherently kind of more it's more conservative in terms of predicting a a Clinton victory. Right. So I like comparing that to, you know, all the other stuff that say that she has, you know, an 82, like the Princeton electoral commission or whatever, stuff like that places that say that she has 80% or whatever it is. So I kind of like seeing, you know, I I like having 538 as like the low water mark in terms of likelihood that that Donald Trump doesn't win the election. Right. And so they're going to be sad for that, but yeah, his, his individual stuff, Twitter specifically is just I don't he needs to he needs to stop I feel like he's damaging himself yeah. well because someone explained it to me like basically what he's saying is Hillary Clinton has a 75% chance of winning if he's saying all these things are equally likely and it's like yeah I guess so but if you say that it's equally likely that Donald Trump wins in anything but a landslide and Hillary Clinton wins you know like Obama did or whatever by you know three or five points or something like that, you know that that's where people are just going to be like, Nate, what what are you talking about? Like someone has to pull him aside. Oh, right, and be because like, in, in that and that could well be true. Like that's a valid conclusion to come to to say that these four outcomes are all equally likely. But people go to Nate Silver for 
for something a little bit more decisive than that. Yeah, so like people even if it's want, true, like, even if it's true, and it, and there's no reason to think that it isn't, you know, at least in terms of the methodology that he used. Right. Even if it's true, uh, that's still just not what anybody's gotten accustomed to seeing. So it's weird to see him be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but. you shouldn't have to explain like, – like if you're putting it on Twitter, you shouldn't say like – you should. It shouldn't have to be accompanied with then a nuanced explanation of what that technically means. Like, if he wants to put that in a blog post and say it, because yeah, he can expand that's, on that's it for three point. paragraphs. That's a good point. But if you say, well, here we go. Like, these are all equally likely scenarios. And it's like, right. Hillary Clinton you're, wins by eight bringing, or Donald Trump wins. Mm, yeah, he's... Like, well, I used to Nate Silver adding a little bit more to, to right. the discussion than stuff like that. And it's possible to... And it's possible to frame what he said in a way that makes it a little bit more, you know, edify- edifying. But, ugh. yeah, it it's just one of those things where you know, like the average person doesn't fully understand data science or whatever. That like obviously, but if you're putting out the like snippets on Twitter, right? It doesn't lend itself. No, it's. I mean, like obviously that's true that the average person doesn't and can't and isn't all that interested in 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 learning about you know data-driven journalism or whatever that's that's true but uh it it's it particularly fails to lend itself to twitter i think and so when you see stuff like that and as a normal person your reaction is like this guy is completely full of it yeah and he's hedging his bets and now that's like certainly what it's going to look like, and and I was I was talking to somebody about it like last week, where he was like, "Well, he's gotten all of the last presidential re- elections right," and it's like, it's so easy to get presidential elections right, honestly. That you know, if you it's if not you, that easy because he was he was measurably more correct than other people in the, over the last two. Right, but but what I'm saying is like there's there's a qualitative difference between being more correct. And being correct. Like, all he does at the end of the day is he goes, well, you know, like, these were my results. And, you know, I I remember when I first found out about him, and I think the, what when did he start? The 08 presidential election? Um, yes. I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, really fascinating and how he was, like, uh, skewing poll numbers because some of them tended to go more conservative or whatever. I was like, oh, this is really interesting, and then, like, it felt really cool that he was more right than the than the pundits because he was using data and not, like, you know, his gut or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it feels like he's starting to skew in that direction as well, like, where he's he's using his gut in addition to the data, and it's making him look more... Right. Like, and bafflingly that's... weird about how he does... <laughs> These things, you know what I mean? It sort of goes – it goes back to what I said. Like I have – I checked the 538 map. I feel more informed. Yes. Based, based on everything that that, that 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 entails, I think that is a valuable piece of – a valuable piece of of, uh, of of work and a valuable thing to, to have. But yeah, the – His analysis the, of the Twitter, The Twitter analysis, man, it's, it, yeah. hasn't been, it hasn't been kind to him. No. So – that was our unplanned chunk yeah. on, on our problem with Nate Silver's analysis <laughs> lately, um, and and now you we'll could, move. You could do a better job, though. Ah, uh, yes, I would agree. <laughs> uh, now we'll move into something that's more our wheelhouse: um, talking about television. <clears throat> your your wheelhouse. Well, specifically my wheelhouse, but. Um, so earlier this week, Variety put out a list of, you know, they talked to agents and actors and showrunners and that kind of thing and put, and put together a list of the highest paid actors and, um, news anchors and things like that on television. I'm really interested. I'm really interested in what about this list made you want to talk about it. I, well, so I mean, no surprise here. Like a lot of the most popular shows are the highest paid actors, like half the cast in the big bang theory makes a million an episode. And, um, you know, the guys from NCIS and, and things like that are, are making congrats a lot of money. to congrats to Lauren Graham and Alexis Bledel. Yeah. 
750k an episode for the for the Netflix. Yeah, uh, they, they pulled they pulled three million dollars for like a month and a half of work. Probably, it's pretty good if you can get it. Um, but w- what was more interesting to me was like the more middle of the road uh, salaries, where like Tim Allen for Last Man Standing, which is a terrible show nobody watches, makes as much. Do you watch as, it? No, I've never seen it in my life. Mm. Uh, makes as much as you know, the main characters on Modern Family. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I think part of that too is just that, name another person in Last Man Standing. I almost called it Last Man Stanton. But <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, can't. I Like seriously, like how much, I mean, everybody in Modern Family makes, uh, makes 250 grand an episode, essentially. Well, not everybody, just I, like. All the adults do. I don't know because, like, I don't think I think technically, like, uh, Al Bundy, Julie, who's Julie Bowen, Ty Burrell, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Eric Stone Street, Sophia Vergara, uh, Ed O'Neill is the is the. I guess Ed O'Neill's doing it for free or something. There. Yeah, that's that's true. But I, I mean, what does Last Man Standing have to offer? It's people who want to watch Tim Allen, and sure. but nobody watches no, that there's show. There's no other reason to watch that unless you're a Tim Allen super fan. And that is that show. I guarantee that like what, what else do, do they pay anybody? Like, everybody else gets paid. Yeah, in, that's true. That show gets probably in, costs. Gets paid in Dave and Buster's tickets and <laughs> right. you know, ham sandwiches. He gets paid two fifty an episode. That show probably costs 300 grand an episode to make. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's filmed on a phone. It, re- it really like, you know, even watching the commercials, you're like, boy, they couldn't have put less effort into putting together these sets. Like, yeah. home improvement sets look palatial in comparison. Um, but yeah, so I was also interested to see that, like, Zoe Deschanel only makes 130 grand an episode for The New Girl, which, you know, she's the star of, and it's been on for, God, like six years or something like that. Yeah. You would think yeah, she'd get I mean, paid more. Glass ceiling, I, I guess. You would think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's probably there's there's truth to that. Congrats to The Rock. He's number four on the comedy list for making four hundred thousand dollars for Ballers per episode. Which, by the way, somebody asked, "Have you seen Ballers or no?" I watched one episode of it after uh, it was on after the night of, I think, and I yep. just caught like I caught like a random episode of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, I mean, it's football it's entourage. entourage, yeah. But and I, I said it recently, and then someone asked a question about it, like for the questions that we're going to do later about how good they're like, how good is that theme song in comparison to the rest of the show? And for me, the highlight of the show every week. For you, it's yes. the highlight of the show. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't even really remember it, honestly. Oh no, the, it's it's that uh, it's it's the Drake song. That's yes, right. and it's awesome. That's it. It works. It yep. works. It works. It works there. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It was um, not really sure what I watched in, in the half hour I spent with Ballers, frankly. Yeah, it's not very good. The but the other thing that I wanted to talk about on this list is it gets into reality hosts like talk show hosts and news hosts mm-hmm. and like yeah can, what is up with that man can you believe bill o'reilly makes 20 million dollars a year yeah i can i mean i guess i, I guess i can not, but like stuff. it's it's not news that judge judy makes bank and is all she's always on top of seven million dollars she's always on top she's always on top of these sorts of lists but Good lord, she makes forty-seven million dollars a year. That's incredible. And on, on, a, on a syndicated on a syndicated show, which is like that's part of the reason, you know, if you hit it big on something like that, you're gonna make more money. But Ellen DeGeneres makes twenty twenty million dollars. She makes twenty-seven million dollars a year less a year than Judge Judy does, and she is also on a syndicated show. It's incredible. And like Ellen is everywhere. That show is majorly big. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's and what Judge I mean. Judy like, is destroying her. And in, you know, maybe it's sort of like the Tim Allen thing where Judge Judy, you know, what else is there to pay? Right. The the bailiff the bailiff makes eight fifty an hour. What, Bert? 
If that's his name, sure. Bailiff. I, the only reason I remember that is from SNL. Anyway. I've, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually sat through a full episode of Judge Judy when I wasn't, like, waiting to get my oil changed. So. Just, like, stuff like, you know, like, Pat Sajak makes $12 million. Well, well, he makes as much as Conan. I Like, that makes sense to me. Him making a quarter of what Judge Judy does doesn't right. at all. <laughs> right. Um, Shark Tank shirts make fifty grand an episode, so that's good. Shout out Cuban. Cuban can bank of fifty grand for for that. But how about your boy Steve Harvey? One fifty an episode. Yeah, that's Mr. Solid. Harvey. That's all. Wonder what he makes like for actual, actual Family Feud, not Celebrity Family Feud. Oh, that's Celebrity Family Feud. Oh, I guess it is. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good I'll question. All right, yeah, get Adam. He'll let you know. Because he's always talking about, like, making the jump. What's that inspirational thing he's always saying? You know what I'm talking about? You're going Not... to be unafraid to make the leap or something? No, see, I, I, like, I completely ignore, like, everything he does outside Family Feud. Sure. Because, um, because um, I he's very strange and he regressive. incredibly strange. And, yeah, so I just don't... I pretend that he doesn't... He's not trying to go give, you know relationship advice or anything like that as right. far as i'm concerned all, all he does is host family Feud. all he does is when someone says like pooping he just leans yeah. on the, he leans on the table stairs <laughs> i was a big fan of the steve harvey sitcom where he played a teacher named Never steve hightower it, <laughs> it was yeah. a tgif i believe you <laughs> as you should because it is a fact yeah are you thinking of hanging with mr cooper no, okay. I'm not racist. I watched. It, well, I, I I didn't even think of it in the racist context. I thought of it in the it's the only TGIF show I remember with a teacher. It actually, you know, honestly, I, I know I just dumped on you for it. it. It might not have been TGIF. I know it was on ABC. Okay, but he played a, he played a teacher, and Cedric the Entertainer was the other teacher. Wow, what an all star yeah. cast! Really? Do you remember the the? I think it was a TGIF show with. Uh, LL Cool J is like a retired football player. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, In the House. Yes, that's what it was called. Yep. I don't remember anything about that show, except that there was an episode where he <laughs> where he made a comeback and like immediately blew out his knee again. He, it, was, it was a great time for LL to, to play like aging NFL star or aging football stars because that was right around the time uh, Any Given Sunday came out. Yeah. Uh, Go to this old... is an LL Cool J fan podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, do you want to move on to the draft? Yeah, let's do the draft so we, we can get in and out. Okay. And then, or whatever, we can do some questions after that. But yeah, let's well, do the draft. We were going to do some questions. I have news for you about that. Um, <laughs> this week, the suggestion from a person who I don't remember who it was, so give me one second and I will look it up. But... Uh, the suggestion was Tom Hanks movies, and yes. I really liked that. So do I. So do I. I like. I like Tom Hanks. Oh, it was from Twitter user at friggin' Dingus. Oh, I like. I like that dude. Yeah, he's good. Good he's follow. Uh, so yeah, friend of the show, friggin' Dingus. <laughs> His display name is number one dog haver. So yeah. he's doing very well. So you get the first pick again because you lost. Yeah. Based on the fan vote yet again. Yeah. And, and that, I don't even remember what we drafted last week. It was the platinum album draft. Mm -hmm. And I got screwed. I th I think I, I said it the other day. I think it's a bit where now they just vote against me, like because it's I, funny. No, I, I think it's I think it's because I'm obviously more relatable. <laughs> No, I, I, I think it's because I'm better at this than you are. I think it's because I'm universally disliked, <laughs> and they feel bad for you about the wedding photo thing. That's before any of that happened. That's probably why I'll win this. There one. are previous or, wedding or photos though, that we have. Week, whatever, I inevitably win this one as well. Yeah. Okay. So first overall pick. Yep. Tom Hanks movies. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna say Toy Story two. 
favorite. Can argue with that. Can argue with that. Uh, with my first pick, I choose Big. Wow, that wasn't even on my board. It should have been. And I wrote down 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 Tom Hanks movies that are like better than Big. You've said this before. Big is is one of the all-time great, if it's on, I'm watching it, like, Saturday morning, you know, USA movies of all time. It's one of my favorite missing child uh, underage sex movies of all time, for sure. (laughs) It's my favorite Penny Marshall movie. Uh yeah, so I Big's actually pretty good, but I just I like a lot of other Tom Hanks movies better. I'm not I'm not knocking Big. There there are there aren't many Tom Hanks movies that are bad. I think should be the corollary to all this. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that, but but okay, there aren't many like in not his bad. entire career. It's 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 bad grading on a curve. Yeah, I could, I could I could do a lot of these too. By the way, I I love a lot of Tom Hanks movies. Yeah, that, that's I wrote down twelve like off the top of my head. Yeah. So number okay. two, mm-hmm. A League of Their Own. Phenomenal. And he's amazing in it. Like he, I I think it's his best performance, like in his entire career. It, pound for pound, I I think I think uh, I think you're right. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan is beautiful. Yeah, and you know it, it gets quoted too much, but the "there's no crying in baseball" like rant that he goes on, it's incredible. I, I that was on recently. It was on like MLB Network or something. Yeah, like, they always show and, they show that often. Yeah, in that moment when he when that when the little kid still will, <laughs> the, the 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 kid who's in the dugout. Yeah, he hits him right in the face. Oh with yeah, a, like just just pegs him right in the face. And that that made me laugh out loud, like by myself. And I and I've seen a League of Their Own probably probably fifty times. I haven't seen it in quite a while, but yeah, I I really enjoy it. It's one of those things that it's never it doesn't really seem to be on on demand ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I haven't I just haven't seen it. It's yeah. not on Netflix. It's on. Whatever. It's a major basic cable movie, but yeah, it's it's not. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Good pick. Thank you. Um. Now this now we get into some questionable territory because uh, I think you and I are taking maybe a similar similar approach to this, but I'm taking with my second pick Apollo 13. Sure, love it. Yeah, Saw it's it very good. A bunch of times this goes back. I think I've talked about this before. Where I was really into the space program for a little bit. Uh, that's another one, man. I it if it's on, I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna watch all of it. Yeah, it, it's very good. It's on, it was on AMC like weekly at, at one point, yes, not not was. too long ago, and I think I watched it ten times. <laughs> like like you know, with background as background noise, and I'm screwing around on my on the internet or writing or whatever. Sure. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I another it's another one of those like you know Tom Hanks historical movies where you know what the outcome is, and it's still super gripping the whole time. Yep. So I I really like that movie, but it's another one. I didn't even write it down yet. Like, I I had 12 movies that I thought of before Apollo 13 that I really like. That's that's fine. Well, all right, don't get mad at me, jeez. Next up, little film called The Money Pit. Money Pit's great. I think it's his best comedic performance, like straight up. He's just hilarious in all of it. I don't agree with that necessarily, but the money pits, the money pits, really good. We're like, the, I think there's a solid, probably ten or fifteen that, I no, it's even more than that. Like, I can't imagine any, I can't imagine any either of us taking a movie where I'm like, eh, that's a bad pick at this point. Right. I like the money pit. Yeah. Um, and I'm taking this just just because I feel like it slipped a little bit. Uh. I'm going to take Saving Private Ryan. Yep. And I think it is a tick overrated. Um, That's kind of how I feel about it too, yeah. And I know a lot of people would have taken it first overall. Um, But it's on Netflix right now. 
I think, or, or HBO Go or whatever it is. I, I watched like, you know, the first 45 minutes of it semi-recently. And um, it's a great goddamn movie. Like, I, I don't I don't love it as I, – I don't feel as – it's not fun to watch in the sense that no, many other Tom Hanks movies are yeah. whatsoever. But it's such an achievement, and he's so great in it. And, you know, no one wants to sit there and watch the first 25 minutes of that movie over and over again. But, you know, in terms of just – uh, yeah, filmmaking. That's it's pretty pretty impressive. So Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, and, and I I really think and that movie was very influential in the way that war movies are made. Where before <laughs> that, all the all the action in war movies was very like heightened and kind of cinematic. And now every movie, it's like really kind of that gritty, the horrors of war kind of uh, a right. take. Mm-hmm. And that's because, and, and I'll say this. I don't know that anybody's done it better than Saving Private Ryan did in 1998. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And I, I think I think you can see uh, – you, you summed it up there well, but – Thanks. You know, just how – yeah, how uh, how beaten down all those guys were. You know, I, I, I don't know who Ryan is. I don't care, blah, blah, which is true of me also, by the way. I don't know who Ryan is. And I don't mm. care. Hey! No, it's, it's a great movie. And uh, I really like it in that spot as well. Yeah. Uh, what are we on? Number four here. I'll go with Toy Story three. You can have it. Another really, really good Toy Story movie. They're all great, but they're all great. Um. So with my fourth pick, I'm gonna take Castaway. Yeah, he's. It- Boy, he's great in that. He's so great in that. And there's so much also. There's like it's easy to forget how there's a, a big chunk of that movie. It's also really long and, and it doesn't it doesn't feel it. But there's such a huge chunk of that movie that comes after he gets off the island. Yeah. And all that all that stuff is super affecting and uh and just so, so, so well done. That's an I uh, man, I I, I think I God I I love Tom Hanks. I think I think that's what I'm realizing. I think everybody loves Tom Hanks. Like even if you don't think about it, as you say, like yeah. you end up going, "Boy, I really love about thirty of the movies he's been in." Right, he's the go-to guy when it comes to just like I need you need to watch some sort of weird, not weird, some comfort food kind of a movie. Know, yeah, mac and cheese, like mashed potatoes, sort of thing. He's yeah, he's he's great. And Castaway is is uh it's definitely that movie it's it's obviously more intense versus a league of their own or whatever but um yeah it's it's like he took on a role for that movie in a a lot of these movies it just feels like he's playing the same jovial guy or whatever right but not so much uh castaway yeah do you remember i remember whenever they had the snl 25th anniversary special yeah which was pretty similar to what they did for the 40th uh, he was like, I don't, I, he was like on stage and he was filming the movie at the time and he, he had the beard and all that stuff. And I, I remember when that happened, people were like, what the hell, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. And it worked out great. That, that, I think that might've been the first movie where I knew that someone was like, you know, losing a ton of weight or gaining a ton of weight for a movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was so noticeable cause he was so thin. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah, this is your your pick. Okay, I'm gonna go a little dangerous here. I think the the people might turn on me for this one, but I love this movie because I love romantic comedies. Sleepless in Seattle. I think that's fine. I, I that's in the that's in the in the upper tier of of that. Like I absolutely. That's another one too. Like I I think there's so many. You know, you kind of touched on it with Saving Private Ryan, but there were so many inferior movies that aped that including you've got mail (laughs) including you've got mail uh that it's sort of retroactively i think you like points get deducted for sleepless in seattle but that was like the peak of of its form i think and there were so many imitators that you know it kind of suffers unfairly yeah all right i'm taking this one because this is 
this is one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. Plot out. And I'm going to be alone in this one, but I want to take that thing you do. Yeah, it. I mean, it's great. It's so it's good. Great. It's great, and it's small, and it's just ugh. I that I quote that movie a lot. It's another one I haven't seen in forever, and I probably no, have need, only seen it two or three times. You need to watch that. That was the one I said when, when we agreed on to, to do to do this draft. That was the one where I was like, I wanted to talk about it anyways, because it's the 20th anniversary of it. Yeah, like it was literally this week, and I feel like that could have been part of the reason that friggin' Dingus gave us gave us that uh <laughs> that idea. But dude, that that's like I keep saying the same thing, but that's another. It's per, it's perfect. Like it's it's a perfect movie to just have on and and to watch and kind of flit in and out of yeah it's great eerie pa it's got great jokes in it too and it, yeah I, it's, I, it's a very I, funny movie i think that's that's part of the reason that 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 i want it too is because that the, he directed it and he starred in it and he, and he wrote a big chunk of it so and, and just to be attached to that yeah i'm it's uh i think i'm winning again Oh no! By the way, do you want to keep going? Because we did five, but like I want to talk about more Tom Hanks movies. I'm fine doing that. Yeah, I, I could I could go on and on. Honestly, I, there's a couple big ones that are still out there. I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. So I, I guess not, not a couple, but I like several that we could still talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm gonna go here with Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. It's great. It's not a Tom Hanks movie. Per se. No, but like, he, again, but, he's great in it. Yes. Yes, most definitely. I, I That's, um, oh man, how many fun movies has Leonardo DiCaprio made since then? Not too many. Not a ton. Depends on how fun you think Wolf of Wall Street is. It's not very fun. It's about, it's about monsters. I never want to see uh, The Revenant again. I saw it twice kind of by – like I want – that was totally one where I was like, I'm going to watch this once and that's it. And I saw it a second time by accident. Yeah. And now it's on – now I think it's on HBO or something. And yes, I just, it is. Ugh, no thank you. Yeah, I felt the same way about the other movie by that guy, a little film called Birdman. I saw it. It was overrated but perfectly good and um, <laughs> all set forever. Yep. All right. This is – with my sixth pick, this is my version of the money pit because okay. I think they're thematically pretty similar. The Burbs. Yeah, I, the second you said my version, I knew that's where you were going. And great movie. Again, it, it's it's about you know the horror of like suburban life and and what it does to people, like how it um, how it yeah. kind of like. You know, just makes them weak losers, basically, because he <laughs> because he comes in and he's got all I, this fire. I don't, in him. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but that was my reading of <laughs> when I when I rewatched it. I don't know a year ago. Yeah. It's no, great. it's um. I think that's another. It's a. I'm pretty sure Joe Dante directed it. It's uh. That's another one, man. There's there's some there's some great jokes in that, and it's got a it's got enough enough bite. You know, to to be fun. Yeah, it's a t- it's a time capsule, but just kind of like the money pit is as well. It's like you know, late eighties kind of uh, you know, eighties era capitalism, mm-hmm. late Reagan era sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so that's it for me. Number six for you. For me, um, I will take number seven. Joe versus the volcano. It's a really funny movie, man. Oh, uh, he's he's. I I would say it's the movie that is the funniest of his. Yeah, for sure. It, it's yeah. hard to come up with many that are more outright like slapstick funny. So, I really, yeah, another one. I just really really love it. So, yeah. So yeah, I know. I'm I'm the same way, dude. I I took I like honestly. If it's just based on strictly my opinion. I probably would have taken uh, that thing you do first overall. Yeah. Like over literally any other movie. But I didn't. Because, nope. I mean, it's win it, baby. It's all about strategy. 
I understand. Um, and this is around the time where I feel like we might. There's been a little bit of a drop, possibly. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I'm other than a very obvious one that I it's possible that neither of us picks. Um, but I'm gonna take Philadelphia. Sure. And that's one that doesn't. It's tough to watch now in a lot of ways, but um, that's a really important movie. And yeah, it's very, very important for sure. And it's two just total powerhouse performances by him and by him and Denzel. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, politically it's sort of strange, but this is also almost 25 years ago at, at this point. And I think you can't really underestimate the importance of, of movies like that being made in 1992 or, or, or three or whatever it was. Absolutely. Um, I guess now that we've gotten all the way down to number eight, I'll make it a clean sweep and take Toy Story. That's fine. I probably should have done that, but that's, that's a good pick. You can't go wrong with Toy Story, man. You can have all of them. Yeah, they're unbelievable. So, you know, I, I really, really... I'm, Do you want to go ten? Yeah, let's go ten. We have, we'll, You'll have three more. I'll have two more. All right, with my eighth... With my eighth pick, uh, and again, this is where stuff starts getting a little, a little squishy for me. Um, I'm gonna go with Splash. I liked Splash. it when I saw it as a kid. I like John Candy. Yes, I like everything. Like jo- John Candy has a way of making completely unwatchable movies. Uh, better and watchable and making good movies great. Like I think I think Uncle Buck's like a slept on classic. Oh, I agree. I absolutely and, I I'll I don't sleep on it. I, I is what I feel no, like. No, no, no. I I I'm I am I am obnoxious to the point that I talk about Uncle Buck. Like I like my girlfriend in college like used to get like I I was be like Enough hey, about Uncle, Uncle Buck. Buck. Yeah, it seriously it seriously was like you just want to sit around and watch Uncle Buck. She was like, "No, we're not watching that again." Um, so yeah, but, um, that's sort of, you know, whatever splashes, it's light and and stupid, but you know, I'll, I'll watch, I'll also watch Tom Hanks and John Candy screw around for a while too together. Absolutely. Uh, shoot. I guess I'll go with a movie that I, you want to talk about a little squishy. I have mixed feelings on this movie, but I think I, I like it pretty well overall. Uh, Road to Perdition. Yeah. Yeah. Some really great performances in that Jude Law, um, Paul yeah, Newman. Jude Law, Paul Newman, the the kid who ended up, uh, he's was in uh, that Linklater movie that was about baseball. Everybody wants some. Yep. And he's Superman now on television. That's the kid from Road to Perdition. I didn't is, know that one. Do you believe that? Yeah, that's him. Same person. Well, I, I again, I the I, everybody wants some. I really I liked a lot, and so I, did I. I knew that was the same kid, but I didn't yeah. know that further. He is now not that, Superman. That dude, by the way, his name's Tyler Hoechlin. He has had just his life to this point has been phenomenal. Like just he was a child actor. Geniuses. He was a child actor working with literal geniuses, and then kind of had like a pretty normal childhood. Went and played collegiate baseball at arizona state which is and he was good like he was like he likes he was like a you know he was like captain of his of arizona state's baseball team wow. or whatever it is and now he's back to doing movies with richard linklater and you know he's superman on tv like right. that that dude has it figured out yeah it's all going well for him jeez i didn't know all that you know this you're like this kid's unofficial biographer I, uh, official, actually. Congratulations. No, the reason the, the reason I know that though is because he was in the celebrity softball game at the uh, okay. for the All-Star, which I ended up watching because I'm a total sucker for all of that stuff. I love the celebrity softball game. It's but I just great. Didn't watch it's this great. Year. But he was like unbelievable. Yeah, he was he's just like, stroking like frozen. He ropes was, to... dude. He was like he was the best player on the field, and that's yeah. and that's in, that's including X. Major League Baseball players, right? So they so they were talking about it. They're like, oh yeah, 
T- Tyler Hoechlin, you might remember from Road to Perdition, blah, blah, blah. He also was he also was Arizona State's baseball captain for two years and started at shortstop. For <laughs> he hit 340 seasons. for yeah, the Sun right. Devils, yeah. Um, I guess this is uh, – your, it's your pick. Sorry. It's your pick. Ninth All right. Ball, this yeah. is in the Road to Perdition. It's not because it's even – it's a hell of a lot more sentimental and – and silly, but uh, the Green Mile. Sure. Um, another one, man. That's like it's like a fable kind of, and I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch it if it's on. Yeah. It's but it's it's a sort of in hindsight, it's a silly movie. But I but it's um. The problem with that movie enough. is it's forty nine hours long. It's so long, and, uh, if, and if you catch it on, if you catch it on TNT or something, it is it's a like slog. Uh, the Green Mile with commercials is like walking the Green Mile. <laughs> you only wish you were dead at the end of it. Um, number 10, I'm going to go with Larry Crown. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with the Classicless. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with Sully. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I actually don't know. I hope, you're serious I, about this. I hope you're serious about this bit being over. I'll, I'll I'll go with Charlie Wilson's War as my final one. Great movie. Yep. Great movie. I almost picked it over. I I. But the best part of that about that movie to me is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Of course, the the rant he, that like the, in the first five minutes yes, of that movie because he is he, and I said this about Philip Seymour Hoffman maybe on this podcast. Talented he's he's actor. another one. That dude is consistently maybe a hundred percent of the time the best part of any movie that he's ever been in. Yeah, uh, the only one I can really think of, and he's Maybe still Magnolia. amazing. What's that? Maybe Magnolia. I think he. I think he was the best part of Magnolia. I, I would say I don't think he was the best part of Boogie Nights, but he was like <laughs> a top three part of Boogie Nights. So, and that's he's a movie a dude, that's like, like one of my. He was so great favorites. at elevating like stupid, stupid movies. Like uh, Along Came Polly is a moronic movie, and it's it's barely funny, but. And I don't know how it happened, how he ended up being like the buddy in a Ben Stiller, you know, whatever it was. But he is in a different movie. And he is – yeah. I would watch a movie about that character. He's great and in the now, Hunger Games movies. Like, yeah, like I quit. He yeah. has no business being great in those, but he's great. Um, yeah, and I now, love Phil. And now he's gone and – we're not going to get any more of that ever again. Did you see his last like full starring role, a, a most wanted man? I, no, I didn't. I, oh I actually boy. Well, slow burn spy thriller. I can't recommend it highly enough. Okay. It's really great. Okay. So oh, I, I, I had a, I forgot whose pick was. It's mine. Um, yours, last one. Don't screw it up. You know what I? I think it's really great that Forrest Gump has gone unpicked, and I might not pick it. It's not a very good movie. It's but I have problems with Forrest Gump. Okay, go ahead. I, sorry, I know politically it's it's <laughs> Forrest Gump is, is problematic, my friend. Yeah, but I will take I will take Captain Phillips. For one scene, and that's when he gets back on the boat after getting rescued, because that is like tour de force, awesome shit. the The rest of that movie is I could certainly take or leave it, and you know whatever. But um, the way he plays it when they when they pull him back on the boat, you know, and, and he's safe is is uh, that totally makes it worth a pick here. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, it was a movie that I didn't really love, honestly. Like, it's, it's a tough no, watch, I, but... I agree with you. I agree with you. It's, it's not, it's, it's uh, not something that I would watch start to finish again, but, you know, I don't know, man. I like Paul Greengrass, um, and, you know, in this space as the eighth pick or whatever it is, I'm totally cool taking it. Tenth, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
You know, another movie that came out that year that I thought he was better in was uh, Saving Mr. Banks. I thought he was awesome as well. See, I never saw that. I, I, and I, and I also have not seen uh, Bridge of Spies. He was not the best part. Like Bridge of Spies, he's just very straightforward. Like he doesn't really have a lot to do, quite frankly. Uh, Mark Rylance is the reason to see that movie. He's amazing. So. But yeah. here's here's a couple that have that have gone so that so that's that's it that's over those yes. those are a couple who have gone unpicked by the way a handful um, Bridges buys obviously uh, Sully uh, you've got mail Forrest Gump uh, Saving Mr Banks Cloud Atlas which is unwatchable the Great Buck Howard which doesn't really count uh, Lady Killers which is pretty bad. Is close- which is close as, as you'll get to a bad Cohen's Cohen brother movie, the Terminal, uh, Bachelor Party, which is you know the less of of all those silly movies he was doing for a while. So yeah, there's there, but there's still watchable stuff out there. Yeah, I like I don't think there's you named maybe two bad movies in that batch. I I almost picked Turner and Hooch just because I liked watching it when I was a kid. Yeah, I that's a movie I saw in theaters, but I've not had occasion to check out since. I'm sure Dragnet's perfectly funny in like a silly way. Um, I don't. Yeah, and then then it's you know movies that you haven't really seen. Right. But no, I'm. But I'm we just we just yeah. rattled off like 25 movies where we we're like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks is great in that. That's pretty I'm amazing. Glad, <laughs> I'm glad you have all three Toy Story movies, though. <coughs> I like Toy Story movies. I like toys and stories. Mm-hmm. What I really like about the Toy Story movies, though, is uh, Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's always grunting in them. Remember? Tim Allen, you mean from Last Man Standing? The very same. Oh, my God. All right, and uh, let's wrap it up with a couple of listener questions here. Um, And I'll put up a poll after the episode when all that kind of stuff. Um, Let's see here. Did I feel like we might have already asked this, but uh, Jimbo asks, is there a favorite book you read in grade school? And, And or a least favorite, I guess. In grade school, my favorite book was Maniac McGee, written by Jerry Spinelli. Uh, I read it probably probably a hundred times. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, it was about a kid who he's – I'm not going to recount the plot, but it's he was an orphan essentially, and he ran around and had – you know. There it was also weirdly dark because he had like a he had like a, there was like an old man that was involved that that was kind of like watching over him but then the old man dies and like whatever spoiler alert uh oh um, but I would say that like I I read it a zillion times and if you have like a ten year old kid or just give him give him it because it's it's totally worth it that that struck something with me. Yeah, uh, along similar lines in terms of I feel like every person under the age of ten should read this book, uh, where the red fern grows. That was that was good. It's incredible. There are there's so many good children's books. There man. really are. Um, another one I immediately thought of. I read it uh, like right after where the red fern grows was Farley Moat's uh, Owls in the Family, about a kid who adopts a. Uh, a family of like four owl chicklets and like they're just his pets and all the wacky hijinks they get into. It's really good. I remember reading like Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe like in spite of myself because I was – I don't even – I don't even know. Like I thought I was above it or something and, and loving that a yeah. lot too. And that's it, like it, in the that, – that's in the same category as where, is where the Red Fern grows where, where it's like you know these categories – like. It, Kids read them in school or whatever for a reason because they're really good. Yeah, it awoke in you a, a, an undying love of Turkish delight. I I remember actually eating Turkish delight like after the fact and being just so deeply disappointed. It's with horrible. It. It's, it's not good. It's really bad. Um, did you have a least favorite? Uh because I definitively have one. I don't know that I. I don't know that I did. I read a lot as a kid. Yeah, me too. 
so which and that, that's another moral obviously of this is that you know make sure your kids read a lot and someday they too can host an internet podcast and write about sports um, I, I'm going to say that the, the worst book I read in grade school, unquestionably, fifth grade, The Secret Garden, is awful. Um, I remember seeing, I remember seeing the movie, and then trying to read the book, and just like, because they did, they made a Secret Garden movie. They did, yeah. We watched it in I class, was like and seven, I hated whatever it. it was. And I remember, I think I saw that first, and then went back and retroactively tried to read the book, and like didn't really get into it. Yeah. Another children's book that I that I really loved was um was um oh my god it, it it's a uh, bus on a motorcycle rats the rats of Nim oh yeah I completely forget I forget I honestly forget what the actual name of the book was Mrs Brisby and the rats of Nim was it Mrs I'm Brisby and the rats Mrs mistaken. Frisbee and the rats of yeah. Nim yeah really was the Brisby was the bastardized cartoon I think. okay that book was phenomenal yep yeah so there you go rats and m and maniac mcgee probably for me for you um you. next question from john he asks who is the best pre-2000 tv character and then we'll leave it at that after this one. Oh my god pre-2000 yep God, that's like I don't even do. You, do you have like a, a obvious pick for that? Yeah, a, like, a young man out of a, a little city called Springfield, run by the name of Homer J. Simpson. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. I mean, I God, I'm like sort of blanking on this a little bit. You can say somebody from Friends. You can say somebody from no, Seinfeld. That's, 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 I mean, like, obviously, I, I can think of, you know, can think of, of, the, of that. Like, I, like does, does Tony Soprano count? Yeah, sure. That, that show did. Mm, maybe not, because I don't think of that show. I think of that as, like, an early so, 2000s I show. I agree with you. I agree with you. Here's a good one, I think. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> sure. Although he he got his start in like actual movie theaters and then like moved to TV like Doesn't twenty count. years later, so it might not count. Archie Bunker, that's a great one. Um, that is a very very good one. Kermit the Frog. Same. Yeah, I guess he started on TV. Big Bird, pretty good. Big Bird's, Big Bird's got to be up there. Ernie, but not Bert. <laughs> he knows what he did. <laughs> That's right. Old curmudgeon. Uh, Cliff Oxley. Uh, <laughs> Norm from Cheers. Yeah, sure. Crane, the entire, how about this? The would entire count. cast of Cheers. The entire cast of Cheers. Everybody yeah. on that show, classic. Not one person I would, like, leave off on that cast. You know what I mean? Uh, Cheers is one of my all-time favorite shows. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, uh, the character in the character... When there's characters you don't like, they're situated in such a way that... You're, like, moving them like hates show them. works. Yeah. Um, and, you know, along the lines of, like, archetypal characters... Archie... Or, not Archie Bunker. Um, Ralph Cramden. Speaking of Homer... Bull from Night Court? <laughs> sure. John Larroquette's character from Night Court is, like, legitimately really a funny. great character. Uh, Uncle Phil? <laughs> sure. By the way, I, I read, like, the other day why the original Aunt Viv got kicked off that show. Oh, yeah. She got pregnant, and it was in breach of contract. Is that actually why it happened? I thought there's I, there's there's definitely a little bit more to that story. There than ha I mean, there almost certainly has to be because I don't think you can fire somebody for getting pregnant. But that's that's what I read on the internet. So I'm going to huh? say OG Aunt Viv, pretty good. Balky Bartokamus. <laughs> that is good. I yeah, like I not a good show. Very funny character. I like Lucy Ricardo. Sure, she's great. I'm more of an Ethel 
uh, Mertz. I, I like Fred, actually. Fred Fred Mertz has to be in, in the... He didn't take shit from anybody. Yeah, he had those pants that were, like, hiked up to his nipples. He was 100 years older than everybody else in the cast. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else was really good talking about, like, classic TV, Nick at Night TV? Hmm. D- uh, Dick Dick Sargent. No, wait. Is it Dick York? Dick, Dick York. York is no, the original, not, Darren. Yes, Dick York is the original. <laughs> he was great. Always Absolutely. exasperated. Always ready to scream at Sam for getting her housework done with witchcraft. <laughs> when he wanted her to vacuum the floor the old-fashioned way. George George Jefferson's a good one. Uh... One thing you have to say for television... A lot of good characters out there. Tons of great characters. USA, characters welcome. <laughs> and that'll do it for episode 23 of Stick to Sports. Yeah. What about all the American gladiators? Those were good characters. Laser? Nitro. I was a Nitro man growing up, but... I wasn't, wasn't much into it. I watched it every morning in the... I would watch Sports Center and then American Gladiators on USA. Larry's well, Zonka. Well, for you. Thank you. All right. That will do it. With that. Yep. Thanks. Pointless Thanks aside. again to everybody, as always, for, for asking those. Uh, Ryan, anything else? Mm, no. I have to go to a hockey game now, actually. So that will do it. And I'll post this later tonight. That's inconsequential to the listener, but that's the fact. Yeah. So, all right. Goodbye, everybody. See you guys next week. Bye.